Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And Hannah gets to say some things like, I don't know if I like all these rocky waters. And it's like, are you talking about the water? Are you talking about Jed's girlfriend? (laughs) Double meaning. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Wow, part one of Hannah's big finale, epic four-hour, two-night saga has concluded, and I have to say... What a giant dud. Seriously, I think that entire thing could have been wrapped up in like 40 minutes, maybe. Yeah, like in the past when they've had, clearly they have something they want to show us tomorrow night that is out of the ordinary, some sort of drama. So so show us the first part and, and give us some new information. It's just going to be a crazy information dump now tonight. And I think the only real takeaway that we got from last night is that Pilot Pete knows how to fuck. And his parents are <laughs> super really proud. happy about it. <laughs> Especially his mom. I'm Especially so... his mom, Chris Harrison. Please <laughs> take note. Moms can be proud of their son's boning, too. God, that's equality. doesn't actually sound that great when you say it like that. (laughs) Really? You don't want your parents intimately involved in all the details of your casual sex life? We all make our own choices. Um, But we do have some stuff to talk about from tonight. Um, It's just me and Emma today, and we are... Really excited to dive into the one or two interesting things that happened. Yeah, so let's go. Exactly. What even happened? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think we're still at the rose ceremony that we've been at for a month. We are. I mean, here's the thing. I normally take too many notes. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. Last week I had 13 pages of notes because so much happened at Mentel All. I think I had like four. Tonight I have seven. That is like a a, a season low (laughs) of notes for a finale. I mean, come on. They're not even trying. I think that the past few weeks they've packed so much into each episode and then they decided to, they're like, so much is happening. Let's expand Let's give ourselves more elbow room for the finale. Let's really blow it out. And oops, this time they just don't have enough content to fill it. I believe they actually do have enough content, but they're just, they want to like force out that, you know, tension into night two. Like I, I, I think, think it that could we're going to get three hours. I agree, but I think we're going to get like a crazy information dump tonight. 
there's going to be a lot tonight, but here's what I, I think they could have done the first hour of tonight covering what happened tonight, second hour covering sort of the action of what happens uh, at the proposal day. Right. And then they could have done an hour of like hardcore after the final rose interviewing hot seat with Chris Harrison, which is they've done similar things in the past. Right. And and I assume, you know, from the footage that we saw in the promo, it seems like there's some scenes of Hannah freaking out in casual wear, which to me signaled that like some things might go down and be filmed right. after the proposal. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot. And there's, there's no lot. reason we didn't get a there's and no reason. The time no reason I just for this. laid out is not even assuming we'd need to cut any time tomorrow. I'm assuming that two hours is what we you need. You mean tonight. Uh, tonight, yes. <laughs> I'm assuming that two hours is what we need to cover what's left for tonight. They have two hours left. Maybe they need all that time, but they definitely needed at least half as much time for what they showed today. Yeah, look at we could have just gotten like a real nice eight to nine PM episode yeah imagine that after watching the first season i'm i've just been ruined i know it was so snappy things just kept moving um okay so back to this rose ceremony (laughs) we are doing a similar thing with the rose ceremony that the show did we keep forgetting to finish it's meta um so i i actually forgot that the rose ceremony hadn't been finished and we all knew Pete was going home, right. right? I hadn't, like, actively been spoiled, by, but at some point it had just become clear to me, like, ambiently that Pete <laughs> was going home. I don't even know how that happened. I was just like, everyone knows that. It, I hadn't it read Reality like, Steve. It felt like everyone knew. It just felt like common knowledge. Um, and But so the guys are still post the the joyous flush of Luke being sent home in front of them, which I had already moved on from. Yes. Um, and... And then they're sort of coming back to earth. The two roses are still there. Chris Harrison has to come out and move the pedestal, move the pedestal back. back to the its go- mark. The ghost of Luke lives on. Um, and His legacy. <laughs> uh, Hannah is was already freaking out about this before she even saw Luke because she has these three great men that she either had sex with in a windmill or had some sort of new sort of mind boning with. Like, she's like, I really connected with all of these men, and I have to send one of them home. Peter keeps saying, like, I've never felt this strongly about anyone before, which I'm, and so does Jed, which, like, I'm sure they're, they're two. Isn't it like Haley and Kaylee? They're Their ex-girlfriends. Yeah, yes. I'm sure they're loving this. Um, and so she finally gathers herself. And the, the, the way that they spread this out also means that we have to see her in this dress again, which is my least favorite dress, I think, of in all of Bachelorette history. It's Ooh, that so is a bad. very bold statement. I, I hard it. disagree. It's so bad. <laughs> um, especially, like, the more I saw it from the back. Because Hannah's so beautiful. And I was like, this, this is not flattering. Well, luckily, we get a lot of really nice, flowy, like, off the shoulder. She looks great the rest of the episode. Yeah, she does. Uh, so the rose ceremony occurs. She she gives like a whole speech. You can tell she's really upset about I doing say, this. The way she starts this speech is classic Bachelorette. Oh yeah. I have three amazing men standing in front of me, and this week has been amazing. She was like, you know what word I haven't used enough this season? Amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. Just pack it in. Um, yeah, and she's like, I feel very lucky to be so loved. You've all been so vulnerable and honest and open and real and honest with me, for sure. But she's to follow her heart. Yeah. Again, classic Bachelorette lingo. So Jed gets the first rose, which 
She just likes Jed the best. Yeah. She just she does. does. Like, there's no explaining it, but it's true. Right. It doesn't make any logical sense. We see no evidence for why, and yet it's pretty clear. The heart doesn't follow some sort of algorithm. It's it's wild and free, and it makes its own choices. Exactly. Um, and so then she has left Peter and, and Tyler— um, the two men whose uh, sex or lack of sex over the, in the fantasy suite. Really defining really for each defining. of them. <laughs> um, and she chooses Tyler, which if I were if I were Peter, I would certainly be thinking, I thought that the fact that we had sex four times was kind of an indication that we were going to work out. But no. Um, and Hannah falls apart. Before Peter even does, he's still. She's just already weeping. He's putting on a brave face, like kind of smiling throughout the breakup talk, and she's sobbing. So he, I, I was a little bit moved by this. I mean, she's sweet. She tells him again that he's just like the guy that she imagined marrying when she was playing with I her Ken doll. I don't think that that is a helpful. I don't think that's comforting. I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, I would, for one, I would be a little bit offended to be compared to a Ken doll after I just like fucked. Fucked. I know. So I much. Like, Ken doesn't even have any yeah. of the genitalia. Clearly, Ken doll is not the appropriate like parallel <laughs> parallel for me, the man who clearly has a penis. Um, but she's like, "There's nothing wrong. You're so perfect, so easy, just like the dream guy." And I just don't want you. I just don't want you. And Peter says, "Well, you've always had a piece of my heart for the, I guess, for the past like four weeks." And he doesn't regret anything. Also, how did we feel about his beard? I didn't hate it. It was fine. Yeah. It makes him look less baby faced. Yeah. It's a it's a different he tries out some different facial hair looks. I didn't mind it. I think like, you know, Pete, experiment. Get yeah. that get that live public feedback, you know? <laughs> you gotta test it out. So they they cry, they hold each other, he gets in the SUV, and once inside, he just like completely crumples. They're both just sobbing. And this was the part that like it it seemed really genuine. It made me genuinely feel for both of them. Um Clearly, they have a real closeness and affection for each other, Yeah. whether or not they were meant to end up together. And I thought, you know, it's just it's it's sad. It's sad to watch. Yeah. And if we know one thing about Pete from the recent news um, that's been circulating, it's that he falls in love very hard. Very quickly. Very quickly. (laughs) Um, And so we cut back to the studio where Peter is wearing a black suit. He looks like an undertaker and he has a. A mustache, like a little baby mustache now. It was fine. It wasn't as intense as Dean's new mustache. No. I mean, I I think Peter, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm very bored by him. Sometimes I think he's very cute. I Mm. I thought he was cute in last night's episode. I think he's cute. I don't think that I find him very interesting. He's not particularly interesting. That's true. But I mean, I guess I meant like in attractiveness. Yeah. Sometimes I'm drawn to him and sometimes I feel nothing. I, I feel like he's to me he's like a a very bland kind of attractive where it's compl- like I'm not like drawn to him physically but if I had if I liked his personality You're like, yeah, I would definitely yeah, yeah. think he was incredibly attractive like it just seems like a one size fits all kind of handsomeness to me um so he's still feeling pretty emotional it seems like during this 
conversation with Chris. Um, he Chris says that he had to keep turning away while watching the breakup um, because it was just too much. And Peter says, yes, it was really hard. I had no doubt that it would be us. His family is there looking really sad. His mom is miked, which was a choice. Do you think – are they just trying really hard to sell him as Bachelor? I like, think why, so. This it, was like a hard Bachelor Yeah. Set. I mean the whole edit of his exit I thought was very Bachelor-esque. And yeah. then this back and forth, like he was appropriately wounded. His family was yeah. wounded. He's like, I'm They're still delightful. sad. Like you don't get over someone in two months unless it's like that last girl I dated. Right. But I'm moving forward. But then they cut to his mom, and because she's Mike, she sort of whispers, I love you at him, and it is very loud. <laughs> like, I was like, it feels very we- Like, we're just hearing her, like, whispering I love you and blowing kisses at him. And I was like, we didn't really need his the full audio on that. His family is very effusive, yeah. as we know. Uh, she just blows him lots of kisses all night. Yeah. His his cute little brother is just just there. <laughs> yeah, looking really stoic. Um, he says they've been an amazing support system. And look, I don't I don't doubt that. I think that, you know, seeing your child being scrutinized must be very odd. Yeah, I mean, it's just so this isn't entirely fair of me, but this happens every season. Like someone's heart gets broken, their parents are there and they're very supportive and sad and they're like, I wish I could be going through this instead because it's so hard to see your child's heart broken. I'm sure it's all true, but it feels like filler because it is like the standard experience of like a parent of a front runner. Yes. And not it like it's not unique to this family. It's not unique and it's sort of like I was just so bored during this segment. Um <laughs> Chris even he asked like when did you realize first realize it might be a real connection with Hannah? And I was like who fucking cares? Like I, know. I don't care. All, all I'm done this, with why Peter was this and Hannah. interview They're so done. extensive? Like they should have just brought Hannah out. That's yeah. what we needed to see. And look Pete handled himself very well. He didn't lash out. He was appropriately, you know, he had asked his questions to Hannah. It just none of this landed with me. None of this made an impression. Like, I, it was like it was all very nice, but I don't care. And maybe that's actually how I feel about Pete in general. It's yeah. all very nice, but I don't particularly care. That's that's completely it. Like, Pete, Pete seems like a nice guy. I have He's, nothing against him. His family seems lovely. Like, they all seem lovely. His relationship with Hannah is lovely. But, like, I somehow can't get invested. No, the only thing that I have been invested in is how many times they fucked in a windmill. Yeah. And that's I'm it. still really interested <laughs> in that. Um Chris asks why he hesitated to say I love you at hometowns. Peter's like it was just hard knowing there were still other guys. Like Which just like, the most yeah. un- uninteresting right. like, like snippets. Ex- of course. Yeah. Like a, a, I don't care when he first realized it might be a real connection. That doesn't really add anything to my life at this point. Um, and then Hannah finally comes out uh, for hopefully something a bit more exciting. Um, and Peter doesn't really know how to confront her at first, but finally he asks the standard question, which is, our relationship was so wonderful all the way through fantasy suites and that, you know, windmill that we enjoyed some time in. And I'm just not sure what it was that made you change your mind about me or decide to go in another direction. And she, as they always do, says... There is nothing. There is nothing. It was just, it felt like... Just they took a script from every other 
one of these runner-up conversations. Right. Like, it was so standard. You could have, I really felt like you could have cut, like, 90% of it. And also this is and why we, would have missed we usually don't get a conversation with this level of runner-up. Like, we don't need it. Right. This was this was sort of like a second plate. But because usually that would happen at the men tell all. Right. Um and instead there now we're gonna get one with the other runner up after having like a full hot seat with Hannah and the third the third guy, which Ugh. we normally don't do. Um it's I get that much. they're trying to sell Peter, but like I'm bored. Um Same. And And again, I like him. I'm just bored. Yeah. So, like, he pushes her a little bit on this, and she finally says, well, if anything, I wish that you had told me how you felt earlier because I was scared to, like, open up, and I feel like you were scared to love me and to, like, express affection to me. Um, And he's like, well, I was myself, and I wouldn't want to force anything, so I don't regret anything, which is, like, fine. Yeah. Right. I support everyone, but, like, none of this is illuminating to me. Um, so I'm being super negative. But I was – at this point, I was like, if they don't show me something fresh and interesting during this two-hour episode, I'm going to murder someone. And then luckily, um, we get to then, the windmill. Yes. Uh, Chris says, on a lighter note, <laughs> no one will ever look at – a windmill the same, I think is what he said. Yeah. I typed, no one will ever look at his parents the same. And it's true. I will never look at Peter's you parents You will the never. Same. But yes, Chris <laughs> did mention the windmill. Cut to his parents applauding and fist pumping. Um, and Hannah says, well, I was a little dishonest about something. There was something I said Peter and I did twice. It was actually four times. I loved this. I fucking love I was like, you know what, Hannah? Hell yes. You're like, <laughs> just fucking go just for do it. it. I am, I'm proud. I mean, so the crowd goes nuts. You can hear it like an older woman sort of wailing with joy and excitement <laughs> during this. And I was like, what is that? And then I realized that because Peter's mom was still miked, we could hear the noises she was making, which were just like jubilant. And she cut to her and her and and Peter's dad. They're and they're both laughing. just like laughing and, and cheering. Look, it, it could be because they, you know, out of just hilarity and discomfort. Like, we don't know. But it was very funny. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't look utterly humiliated, which like, yeah, you bad. know what? Sex positive parents out here. I thought that Peter's dad's reaction was a little more normal. He like was a little laughing, more mute, like but laughing. looked a little embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Peter's mom was just like, I'm so proud <laughs> of my son's penis. Um, and then Chris says, by the way, Peter's mom is right there. And I'm like, she's fine. She's loving this. This is the best thing that's ever happened to her. And then he says, Peter's dad, his chest puffed up. I'm like, like Chris, you just boy. made this up because they actually had the opposite right. reactions. And also... It's not uh, – I resent the implication that, like, it's so horrifying that a mother would know about her son's sexuality. But for a father, that's just, like, wonderful, and he just needs to know that his son di- son's it's dick just, works very well. It's su- like, such it's, blatant gender stereotyping because it was so obvious that they did not have the reactions he was ascribing to no, them. No, he didn't even look at them. He was no. just like, I assume that uh, Pete's father it's is like, very well, proud. Of course, mothers don't want to know about that because, like, they don't want to hear about their son's sexuality. But dads love to bond with their sons over sex and like to guide their sons into like initiating them into sexual like prowess and I'm like that's also really gross (laughs) and icky and I don't 
really approve. And also, approve. Pete's family just seems like universally supportive of one another. Yeah. So I, I don't think this has anything to do with gender in his family. No, I don't think so. I think that they seem like a very generally Peter positive and sex yeah. positive, <laughs> positive, positive family. Um, and uh, and then Chris is like somewhere Luke P's head or ex- heart just yeah. exploded. Um, probably, probably true. Um, let's move on from Luke. Yeah. Though. Peter says, I can confidently say Jesus still loves both of us. And I think he expected a bigger reaction. The crowd is just sort of like, uh-huh. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, like he thought that yeah, was a big applause that. line. Um, and they were like, we're not applauding oh, for that again. Sweet pilot Pete. Trying to ride on Hannah's coattails yeah. there. You um, know, I still have a little soft spot for him, but like that, this scene, that was the highlight of the episode. Just yeah. the windmill conversation. And I'm I'm also a little resentful because... So I like again. I have nothing against Pete except that he bores the crap out of me, which is normal for future <laughs> bachelors. But like, they really did the bachelor edit hard on him, and I saw a lot of support for his bachelor candidacy on Twitter. And I'm just like, I really, really am team Mike for bachelor. Me too. And so I I am salty about every time that Peter gets the bachelor push. Um. I like I I don't think it would show us anything new in a season. I'd like to I'd like to see them give Mike. Oh a yeah. Chance. No, I have a soft spot for Pete, but I'd still much rather see Mike as Bachelor. Like, yeah. The, yeah, that's just we are solidly team Mike over here. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll break down a whole lot more from night one of Hannah's Bachelorette finale. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. 
There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working and Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent 
on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks. And it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You could never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Before we get back to the show, do you want more Here to Make Friends? Check out our video series at youtube.com slash HuffPost. It is a little different from the podcast. Every week we highlight standout moments from each episode and award superlatives. Again, you can find us at youtube.com slash HuffPost or at HuffPost.com. And now back to the show. So then we go back to Crete and we get to see Hannah's family, which is interesting because we really, because she didn't make it to hometowns, we hadn't met her family before. Like maybe we had seen them a bit in a preview, but yeah, I we, think we saw her a bit them. during the intro. Yeah, during the when, intro, is when what I meant. Chris Harrison introduced, and then right. we met her dad sort of at the barber shop and stylist salon yes. that he runs, um, which is where I first noted that he has less very, luscious very hair. Very nice hair. Uh, yeah, and so I had sort of forgotten about this, but she has talked a little bit with. Uh, men on the show about her parents' relationship and how it maybe isn't that solid and maybe isn't exactly what she wants. Or how they, they are solid, but it's she doesn't want to emulate every aspect of their relationship, which I think, mm-hmm. again, I think we talked about this at the time. It's pretty, I think that's very relatable. And I think yeah. often, you and know, I no think, relationship is perfect. And I think rather than all being like, I want exactly what my parents have, usually you can, if you're being honest, you can probably see things that yeah. you want to emulate and things that you don't. But it's really common on The Bachelor to just be like, right. I love my parents' exactly. relationship. They're I want perfect. That. All I want is exactly that relationship. But I think realistically, yeah. you probably you're not you're not your parents. But I think that Hannah has some very major differences with yeah, her parents. Which, I agree. Which I think comes it was through. Which I think was very interesting to see. It was. Um and so it seems like it's going to be Tyler first. So she Sits down with them, tells them about Tyler, and basically it's just like, our relationship is so physical. I was falling in lust with him, 
But then he told me it was okay that we didn't have sex in the fantasy suite and that he just wanted to be with me. And that's when I realized that I had not let myself be vulnerable and understand that I was also falling in love with him or something. And they're like, okay. (laughs) Another sex positive family. uh, Tyler arrives. With a bouquet. With a bouquet. And says it's an honor to meet the in-laws. Someone's feeling confident. Oh, Tyler. They're going to be seeing if I bend or break, and I'm ready for it. They talk all about his his almost dance minor, which I just love being reminded of. I mean, so I thought it was super funny that Hannah was trying to brag about him and is like, he's a dancer. Like, he almost, like, was a dance minor, right, Tyler? And he's like, yeah, so what happened was I almost failed out of college. (laughs) And then they, quote, unquote, like, threw me in a bunch of summer school classes to get my GPA up. And I was like, so the football team. Like, he was like a football player. And I understand, like, being on the football team is such a huge time commitment. It's very hard for for a lot of players of these sort of almost professional level teams teams to also stay on top of school. Like, I get that. But it was really funny to me how he was just like, let me tell you about the time that I almost failed out of college and the football team had to, like, juice my score. But he said it with such confidence and ease that it was like, yeah, that is charming. And this is the this is just continues to be the thing with Tyler. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, still into it. I love that he was honest about it. <laughs> yeah. And and that he fell in love with dance. And I know there's something very sweet about the idea that he was sort of forced into it and then was like, no, I actually want to take a lot more dance classes. Yeah. He really found himself. Uh, he took through that away. I can't. Like, Who it's among too much? us didn't get a bad grade freshman year and just like really learn from it, you know? Um, and. <laughs> And also ballet, like, dance is a common, like, extracurricular for, for football players, yeah. I think. Because, Gracefulness actually yeah. really helps you've on gotta, the football field. You've got to be, you've got to be nimble. Exactly. Um, so he sits down with her mom, and she asks if they have argued yet. And he says, no, but we've had really tough talks. And she asks about what if you did something that you knew she wouldn't like, like, would you tell her about it and be up front? And he's like, of course, like. There's no hiding things. And I was like, well, there's a very obvious correct answer yeah. to that. So Yeah. No, I would definitely be dishonest. <laughs> like, what's he going to say? Um, I mean, I believe him, but uh, she. I feel like that was not a strategic question. Um, and he brings up that his parents are divorced. And so he has seen what, you know, a couple needs to do to get through hard times, I guess, which is just the opposite of what his parents did. Um <laughs> And he says, you know, I love your daughter. I want to be her best friend and her biggest cheerleader. I love I feel like what part of what made Tyler come across so well to her parents is that he does seem to put Hannah at the center of his future life. He's like, my goal is to To support Hannah, Hannah, to lift her up. Yeah. Um, And then her dad asked him about the fantasy suite um, and is like, I thought it was really cool that you were okay with not having sex with her. I was like, again, Hannah made this choice. Yeah. Um, but sure, Tyler gets the credit um, for not forcing the issue, I guess. Yeah. Wow, man. You're really, you've really strong character. You did not attempt to assault my daughter. I have a lot of questions about all of Hannah's dad's conversations during like, I, this episode. I get where he was coming from, and I I agree that, like, obviously uh, a man respecting 
boundaries is definitely a positive, and I can see why that would be like comforting to parents. But totally, the way it was framed just felt very odd, right? Um, and Tyler mentions his dad's illness and how it put things in perspective for him. And he says he wants Hannah to be the mother of his kids and lead his family of faith. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Yes. Um, And that's actually kind of a theme that we've heard from several of uh, Hannah's Hannah's men, that she has this faith that she is very open about. And that's clearly a component of how um, they talk about in this community is like leading the being a faith leader in the family. Yeah. and so her dad is also very impressed. Tyler comes across really strongly to them, which I agree with. Yeah, I mean, he he did. Um, so he's he, great. Her dad he's sits down handsome. with Hannah. Very respectful. And is like, well, I think the fantasy suite is just usually all about hooking up. And so I really respect how Tyler handled it. And again, I'm like, Hannah handled it. And Tyler just agreed and didn't say, like, no, I insist that we have sex. So, like, okay. Um, but Hannah also is like, yes, that's when I really understood that he respected me. And her dad says, anyone who respects you the way he did, they get a kudo. And I'm like, again, the bar is like so low, buried underground right now. Attempting to assault someone should not earn you a gold star. Right. Just putting it out there. As much as I like Tyler, like, I don't think we should be in the habit of handing out kudos for not forcing sex on women on national television. Right. I mean, look, there are many other things I would give Tyler a kudo for. Absolutely. Like his face. Yeah, he earned that face. (laughs) Um, And Hannah's like, I think my dad is proud that I have someone as great as Tyler who loves me. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, a little sad. It made me sad, too. Um, I mean... It reminded me of actually the season one episode that we recapped at the live show when one of the women says that she thinks her dad would be really proud of her if she met a great guy and like that would be her dad's like dream for her. Um, It just makes it gives like we're so in 2019 you have this idea that a dad is like my daughter can do anything and like now that I'm I'm a dad of a daughter I'm a feminist and like women can be astronauts and there is still a really strong strain of like what I am proud of in my daughter is her meeting a guy who I can be proud of um which is a bummer um of course we all want our kids to have good partners but absolutely it's a little different from sort of treating your daughter as like almost a proxy for getting like a good guy in the family um but Suzanne her mother also likes him and she asks Hannah if she sees herself getting engaged to Tyler, and Hannah says yes. Um, and so then they they regroup at the end of this, and Hannah says, you know, I haven't really been as vulnerable with you as you've been with me, but I had to figure it out a little bit, and I was worrying that our relationship was just lust, but now I know that I've been falling in love with you. And he looks so happy. He looks so happy. I mean, this whole, you know, parental meeting just goes so well. So we know classically that the other one will not go as well. And I will note that they do this pretty often where they at least make it seem like the person who ultimately wins has tension with the family. Yeah. You know, they did it with Lauren Bushnell uh, on Ben's season. Like, I don't know, this whole, the framing just made me think Jed is the one. Yeah. Well, I think that like 
when I first started watching the show, and really for years, it was very hard for me to accept how how true this is, that usually the person who has some tension with the lead and or their family at the end is the person who gets picked. And so I would end up feeling like, oh, they had a really rough final date. They were really anxious during their final date. They seem more excited about the other person. They're going to pick the other person that they were excited about. And it's almost always the reverse um, because, you know, that tension arises often from the fact that they really, really want that person to be the person that they end up with. And so they are thinking more seriously about any problems in their relationship. Right. Um, and in this case, the main problem is that her parents are like, you're blinded by how much you like this guy. He's actually not a good fit for you. Um, which I, which might be might be true. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I had a lot of complicated feelings yeah. about the way that me too. Yeah. Her parents conversations with Jed went. Um, yeah. I mean, she tells yeah. them, I feel like Jed really fits my life. But we've already seen with Jed's parents that no one else really thinks their lives fit together. Um, And yet she and Jed both feel pretty confident about him meeting her parents, which seemed a little naive to me after how badly her meeting with his parents went. Um, They didn't seem prepared for basically the same questions to be raised. (laughs) Right. It was it was just the same concerns kind of in in reverse. Right. Just from a different angle. Like so his parents were like. We really want Jed to be able to focus on his music, and that's not an easy road. That's not, like, necessarily going to be the road. Conducive for getting engaged right now. And having a and, family. Yeah. And and her parents are sort of the same issue, but from their perspective, they're like, we're worried that as he's navigating this difficult road, he's not going to be supporting you. Um, as and- a as opposed to his parents right. being like, we're worried that you won't be able to, like, fit into his musical path. And both sets of parents might be correct. I mean, but ultimately, these things are up to their children to kind of decide and navigate. Yeah. Also, they loved Tyler. Um, it seems pretty clear that Tyler's meeting was first. Yes. Because they're like, oh, the bar is very was. high. Um, so Jed tells them about the first time that they met and his line about how her outer beauty shines, but he also is looking to see her inner shine. And I was like, are you really that proud of that line? Yes, yes, he is. He is. <laughs> He's a songwriter. Which Hannah brings up almost immediately. And you yeah. can just see her parents' faces drop. Yeah. She's like, he played me a song he wrote, and it was really good. And he's like, oh, they're like, oh, no. This man went on television yeah. to promote his music career. Jed's like, I devoted my time. I've devoted my time to my music career. That's the path I've chosen. I was like, Jed, no. You're selling yourself in the wrong way. Yeah, like they're not impressed by this. But I mean, perhaps accurately. Like, that is that is his focus right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I meet a guy who's 25 and he hasn't really succeeded as a musician yet, I'm going to be thinking, I do hope you have a plan B that is in motion. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of musicians get successful pretty young. So, like, you're already not on the right track if you're not famous yet. Um, So he sits down with her dad, who wants to know how Jed will provide for his daughter. Again, it was the kind of thing where... Her dad's line of questioning and the place that I ultimately felt like it was coming from made sense to me. But the framing felt so patriarchal Mm -hmm. that it just, like, made me feel a little bit icky. Like, the idea that automatically Jed needs to be the primary provider, that 
the concern must lay on him to like lay out his financial stability at age 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that felt like a little crappy. Yeah, like I get that you want both parts of the of the couple to contribute and to have a, a plan to be a solid part of that partnership. Right. And even when he mentioned like the late nights and the travel, like that made more sense yeah. to me as a concern. But here's what I'm going to say. So her dad is like, you know, and her mom are concerned. Oh, he's going to be on the road all the time, late nights, et cetera. The same thing would be true of Pilot Pete, but I have a really hard time imagining that they'd bring that up because the real concern is money. And yeah. Pete has money and Jed doesn't. And so I feel like yes. the, the lifestyle think, question totally for agree. them was actually a mask for their real thing, which is we think that a man should poor. provide yeah, and they... they're too poor. And like the verbiage that her dad especially used was so telling. Like you can warp it to be like he just wants to make sure that she's marrying someone who's stable and like – would be around for her and would contribute. And, maybe and I was that's, like, that's how he like what he thinks he's doing. But, but it's very, very yeah. clear that it's coming from this extremely patriarchal. Exactly. The flip side of which would be sort of sitting down your son's girlfriend and asking if she would be able to like care for the kids and like keep or, the house or clean. Her, like, has she had fertility tests done yet? Like. <laughs> It's, like it's it is also the... pretty invasive to ask someone about their finances the first time you meet them. I mean, yeah. again, I understand this is a very odd position to put a family in. They have to kind of get out all of their concerns on camera before, you know, their child makes a really potentially life-altering decision. And also mm-hmm. in this family, which they also say to—I think they say to Tyler, too, like, in their family, marriage is one and done. Like, divorce is essentially not an option, which is also— a ton of pressure yeah. to put on a relationship. And I think well, they were can very be very worried, damaging. I think, about her doing this so young. And that makes sense. It if, does. like, she clearly has a lot of things to still work out about what her life is going to look like. And, like, to enter what, into a lifelong right. marriage in that state of flux. I mean, yeah, I don't think she tough. should be getting married right now. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think she should fuck in some more windmills. Live Seriously. her best life. Um, I mean, the, just the way her dad talks about it, I need to know. He says, I need to know how you'll provide for Hannah financially. Um, and and I have to say, Jed did not do a great job with this question, regardless of whether I agree with the question, which I don't. No, um, he seemed very taken aback and just yeah. sort of fumbled. He's like, my goal is to have as many facets of income and backup plans. You're like, but how? But what yeah. are they? And then he says, well, here's one you know, real accomplishment that I've had. I signed a deal with a dog food company and I wrote their jingle and Jed. that's something I'm really proud of <clears throat> and I feel like that was something he could have spun a little bit better like yeah. to be like music isn't just about making it big in the traditional sense which I know is really tough right. like there are lots of songwriting gigs that I've been looking yeah. into for for income to have a stable you know right like there are a lot of working musicians who do things like like commercial work which I'm getting into I'm not a purist about this I want to be able to make money and support you know, my family and, like, be a contributing person in my household. And instead he's just like, here's a cool accomplishment of mine. I wrote a jingle. By the way, people found the jingle. (laughs) It's not good. It's (laughs) it's bad. Well, so here's the thing. A jingle traditionally is sort of catchy, as I think Ashley Spivey tweeted. And if you've heard any of Jed's songs, you've heard the jingle. Yeah, they (laughs) all sound the same. They're not particularly catchy. It's, It's just sort of like Imagine any of Jed's songs and just substitute the words 
dog food <laughs> and at the end of a couple Bowl. of the lines. And yeah. Also, he doesn't really nail the note at the very end of the song, which is a bad time to go off key. I'm just going to throw that out there. But they paid him for it. They seem they must be satisfied. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a bright future in that industry, but at least he's trying. Um, and her dad is just like, you know, very often money is the problem in a marriage. And I work 14, 16-hour days to care for my family, which sounds horrifying. Yeah, that's... I was like, that's upsetting, and we should. We have a real problem in our society, which yeah, we do. That is concerning. That's concerning um, that that anyone has to do that, and a lot yeah. of people do. Um, Jed is totally taken aback. Which again, he saw how his own family reacted. So I don't understand how he was so confident going into this. Like his attitude is like, I just thought they would see how natural we are together. Right. He thinks that they he was prepared to answer questions like, how much do you love my daughter? Right. And that be it. A lot. (laughs) And he's like, they were mainly concerned with the financial aspect of the relationship. And, you know, there are crazy things that come with the musical path. But I see beautiful and successful relationships all the time. And I'm like, maybe you should have kept dating the hot musician who would have understood all of this and had a very compatible lifestyle. And already lives in Nashville. And already lives in Nashville. But you know what? You decided to take this path, and here we are. It's not compatible with what they want for Hannah. Um, And also, sure, there are beautiful and successful relationships between people who have, like, wildly different schedules. But that takes a lot of work. Yeah. Like, there is a genuine need for you to think out how you will sustain a relationship like that. I think it would be really tough if she ended up with Peter, too. Yeah, like, I agree. That would that would be difficult. Um, I think, you know, you, d- you don't want to judge from the outside, but I, I also do feel like it's interesting to me that her family hasn't thought about how their status would change what their career paths would actually look like. Which is I know. they would be supporting themselves through SpawnCon. <laughs> right. I'm like, uh, Hannah would clearly be a professional Instagram influencer for at least right. a year. And th- as a couple, they could make a million dollars. Yeah. I think actually Peter's schedule would interfere with that. So, like, I'm like looking for, at— It would actually be easier to integrate that kind of stuff with Jed. With Jed. Yeah. Or, like, Tyler, who, like, I guess— Seems more determined to make a living, but like has a similar. He's, right, he's a contractor, but he runs a nonprofit now in New York. Yeah. Like he's, I mean, these he's guys leaning are, into also the spawn these, con. These guys are young. They're young. They're yeah. young. They're figuring their shit out. Like you're allowed to be 25 and yeah. still figuring your shit out. The thing that just bothered me about all this is that I just couldn't imagine. Of and we've seen so many girls come on this. Women come on this show. And and meet the the parents of the bachelor, and and they've been, you know, influencers or you know, but they have not been questioned about their financial solvency ever. Like it's just not something you see. No one's ever been like, I want to know how you're going to support my son, because what it comes back to, and as her dad kind of tells her, um, I he kind of directly tells her that he thinks her husband should provide for her, and Hannah is annoyed by this and she she is annoyed by her dad's kind of downplaying Jed's dog food jingle which that apparently her dad was not impressed by (laughs) he's like I asked him about his 
what he's been proud of in his career. And he mentioned a dog food jingle. So, yikes. And, That's his only accomplishment. <laughs> uh, and Hannah's like, well, you know, of course I want my husband to be able to provide for me. But I, I'm also – I have, like, dreams and talents, and I'm going to be able to be successful and provide. I know that I have what it takes to, like, give my family the life that I want. I love that she said this. I loved it, too. And I think it was really telling that she seemed sort of wounded that her dad assumed that she would need a man to take care of that, that he didn't seem – she received the message from what he was saying that she was not capable. And right. that is kind of the ultimate problem with his framing of of this issue in the, in the Jed meeting. Exactly. And it's not that, you know, you shouldn't consider practical things when choosing a life partner. Like, no. he's right. Finances often do lead to tension in a marriage. But again, it's the framing here. It's assuming that the only option for creating a family that would be stable would involve a rich man. Yeah. And and that just simply isn't true. And Hannah, I mean, and look, we don't know that much about what Hannah's, you know, ultimate professional goals are. Like, I'm curious to hear more about that. But I believe that she does have dreams and that you know, she has like a massive platform now. Yeah. She is not going to be without opportunities. She has a massive platform and it seems like her career interests are compatible with that, which is like interior design. I mean, hello, like I'm partnering with Target to right. put out a line of throw pillows. She's going to be fine. Um, and I get that like, you know, as someone who's negotiating this in the near future, like as a woman, there are obstacles. Like you're going to be probably paid less for the same work and you're going to have to take time off work if you want kids. And in a lot of cases, that means taking a a pay hit. Um, So there are, like, reasons because of how our society is set up that it's it's tough for the the woman to be the breadwinner. But, like, we only perpetuate that and put obstacles in the way of women by framing men as the default provider. And that plays into... Frankly, people giving men raises because they're going to have kids. And on the flip side, I think it creates a real crisis of masculinity for men who Mm -hmm. don't find themselves uh, in the breadwinner role. And that also is really, really, really damaging to both men and women. Exactly. Like, I would definitely want to know how Jed is going to prioritize my daughter if I'm her dad. Absolutely. Like, what's he going to bring to the table? And I'd hope that Hannah and Jed would be having real conversations about scheduling, about where they would live, about, you know, yeah. how they would make money and what their plans would be. Like, these are all, but they are ultimately conversations for Hannah yeah. and Jed. And and I think it was really, really telling that one of the last things her dad says is, you know, she says, I could provide for my family. And he says, well, the man of the house has his obligations, too. And I don't know what the man of your house would do. Basically, like... The man is, is the almost head Im- of the family. Almost suggesting, and I do believe that he probably believes this. Like, she, he comes, they, Hannah comes from a traditional background that if the woman is the breadwinner, it is sort of displacing the man of the house from his natural role. Um and I disagree with that. And I it think also that's seems like that is, you know, a, an area in which Hannah and her parents don't quite see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And But I also think it's like telling that she is so close to her parents and also is able to say to them directly when she disagrees. Yeah. Like, I think that is a good sign. Yeah. So this is where we see Hannah kind of 
articulating how she sees marriage differently from her parents. Um, But so now she's feeling worried about their relationship. And she and Jed have a conversation gazing out at the ocean uh, where she says she's freaking out uh, based on her parents' reaction. And he says, well, I feel really good about us. And I was like, are you really taking in what's happening here? No. Um, And she's like, look, I don't want to talk about another person because I don't think you want to hear it. And he says, no, I want to know how you're feeling. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, just tell me. And she says, well, basically seems to be implying almost that she had told Jed or indicated to Jed in the past that she was sure that it was him. But things with Tyler went so well with her family. And now she's confused. I also just think she wouldn't be having this kind of conversation with someone. Like, she wouldn't have even brought that up at all if she didn't want it to be Jed. Oh, yeah. She clearly wants it to be Jed. I almost feel like the way that Jed's attitude was, like, so confident and the fact that she tells him she's now confused made me feel like he had been given strong reassurance before today. Um, And... Jed is like, I believe, I believe in you, like baby. We know what we have. He does. He just doesn't say anything of substance. I mean, I, I, I also have a lot of critiques of how her parents handled this conversation, but I was a little concerned that he was so defensive and took it so personally, um, instead of really taking it as an opportunity to have a deeper conversation with Hannah about what their life together would look like. Um, So it's time for her date with Tyler. Um, They are very buoyant when they greet each other. Hey, girl. Hey, boy. (laughs) They're going horseback riding again. Again. Tyler's afraid of horses. Tyler really got, you know, she really gave Jed the sexier date. Oh, yeah. Even though it doesn't go that well. It's like, yeah. uh, Tyler Uh, gets another horseback riding date. He's afraid of horses. They are, I guess it goes a little bit better because they're not literally in the middle of a city. Yeah. There are fewer distractions for the horse. (laughs) I mean, I've I've been on trail rides. Like, normally the horse, like, in that setting, the horse horse kind of knows where to go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And she... Uh, tells him that things went great with her family. And he's like, yeah, I know. Um, and he says, you know, I wouldn't have been able to to impress them so much if you hadn't pushed me throughout this process. And then he goes on one of his Tyler monologues where he's just like, all I want is to look at you like here or like wherever we are. We could be in a tiny apartment. We could be arguing about what paint to put on the walls. As long as I'm with you and like looking at your eyes and your dimples, oh which he's God. obsessed with her dimples. They are good. They're good. She's a good face. (laughs) She has a good face. (laughs) Good face. He'd be the luckiest guy in the world. Um, And Hannah's like, I know that he would take care of me. He's a caretaker. I think Tyler would take care of whoever, probably. Um, Take (laughs) care of me. Take care of us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would receive this caring very well. (laughs) Um, And... So the day date, pretty uneventful. Night date, um, the the fin- the final like finale date always has sort of a casual night date. Um, so they're just hanging out on the couch in sweaters, um, talking about what a special day they had. They're both glowing. He keeps saying he's been cheesing so hard when he thinks about their <laughs> relationship. 
Using cheesing to mean like smiling really big is something that just like it's like people using the word moist. I just hate it. Really? I don't know why. It just like something about it just like makes me viscerally like (laughs) don't don't do that. Um, Hannah seems very more into Tyler during this evening than I've seen her be into him the whole season. Yeah. But this is to me, you know, like he's talking about like, oh, we should run with life you know we should think about what our life would look like together but it's pretty clear they haven't really considered that in the past right and it's exactly what you were alluding to before which is that the tougher conversations tend to happen with people that the lead is taking the most seriously yeah and with tyler she can sort of live in fantasy land because i think ultimately she knows he's not going to be the one at the end yeah she's just enjoying the glow of good feeling that she has with him and not really stressing about figuring out the future. And I also feel like she probably anticipated that sending Peter home might be tougher than sending Tyler home. Yeah, although we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure it's going to be he's going to give Pete a run for his money. Yeah. Um, Um, But I I do think we tend to see that often, too, where, like, they sort of take the person they think can handle it to the end. And she says... You know, that she thinks he's the kind of guy she'd be proud to introduce as her husband and they'd have cute babies. They would. They'd have very cute babies. I think that sums up Tyler's spot here, which is like she's so uh, surprised and proud that he's into her. But that's not quite the same thing as wanting to marry him. Yes. Like she's like, I I would be people would be so impressed if I married him. Like I would feel so accomplished if I married him. But is that what I actually want to do? Um. And then they make out on a bed. It looked great. Did they get an overnight in here? They no, looked, they no. looked really. They were no. Really I think they were just other. very horizontal. Um, and then, I mean, remember the sexual tension is still there because oh, yeah. has not been consummated, and it will be there forever. I yeah. guess. Uh, <laughs> I assume we yeah. think this is why I just advocate if you have sexual tension with someone and they're not a psycho, just, just do it. Just do it. You don't want to have that looming over you for the rest of your life. <laughs> then Jed gets a date. And they uh, have after a that. really low-key greeting. Like, they don't even seem excited to see each other. <laughs> I think they're both just anxious still, which which Jed actually says. He's like, I'm trying my hardest, but I'm, like, yeah, very anxious. Like, they just walk up to each other, like, very, like, glum-looking, and she's like, hey. And they hug. He doesn't even – there's no run and straddle. Um, Which is usually a bad sign. And they're heading out on the water on on a boat. And they both just take their shirts off. And he's – they're wearing, like, belted shorts, which is, like, an interesting look. <laughs> um, just topless with belted shorts. They get to do a lot of, like – midsection touching of each other. I feel like they're trying to, they're like, oh, let's take our shirts off and like spoon each other standing up at the end, at the side of the boat. And like that will like get us in the mood for some romance. But instead, Hannah just gets incredibly seasick. Um, We get, and this is very portentous, like the seas are choppy, which it's one of those things where you're on a boat and there are medium level waves. It feels really intense. But when you're watching it, you're like, they think this is choppy seas. Like it's barely rocking at all. Um, But I get seasick. So I really felt for Hannah. I've gotten seasick on a cruise ship where you couldn't even perceive any movement because it's so big. I was just like, I just ambiently can tell that it's happening. Um, so I related to that and Hannah gets to say some things like, I don't know if I like all these rocky waters and it's like, are you talking about the water? Are you talking about Jed's girlfriend? 
<laughs> Double meaning. So many of those. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, so Hannah's getting seasick, but she's also nervous about Jed. Who can say which it is that makes her throw up over the side of the boat? But I want to point out, as someone who throws up a lot and whose Did partner has had to deal with... Did she actually throw up? I couldn't it tell. It seemed like she either, like, retched, stretched maybe, yeah. or... It was a it was an I'm going to throw up move. And what did Jed do? He did not. He did not do he, anything. He did not grab her hair. He did not grab her hair. It's 101. Drunk girl 101. He just sort of stood there. Not that she's drunk. I'm just mean. You um, know, it's what you learn. <laughs> right. I mean, I, between being seasick and just generally being easy to lose my lunch, um, I threw up a lot when I was first dating my husband. And, Which you did tweet about. Yes. And I just want everyone to know, this is an opportunity to find out how a man, uh, how a man's caretaking skills are. You know, like, I'm very good at taking care of myself. I, like, hold back my own hair. Um, but, you know, Greg was right there, like, supporting me, wiping my mouth off with his hand. You're like, I'm an independent <laughs> woman. I can vomit on my own. But it's right. nice to have company. He was trying. He was there, like, can I hold your hair? Like, can I can I wipe your face off? Like, what can I do? Um, and to me, and it's, you know, I, I'm i very fragile. I also, like, fainted on our, like, third date. Um, and he had to, like, oh bring God. me a, a cold cloth. Um, but I'm just saying, these are opportunities when you're not committed to someone yet, to see if they're going to look after you. And I don't feel like Judd rose to the occasion. Um, but they do end up sort of chilling, sipping ginger ale. And she's like, you know, nervousness can also make people throw up. Jed, do I ever make you nervous? I really was confused by this turn in the I, conversation. I didn't get it. She, was, she must have just been so out of it. She's like, I have to salvage this somehow. I know. I mean, imagine, that's my nightmare, being trapped on a boat yeah, no, while I'm seasick. It's really horrifying. Being filmed and having to be, like, interesting on camera. Um, and he says this is the most nervous he's been with her since the beginning of the process, and she says, me too. And he's like, now I feel like there's a chance that it couldn't be me. I feel like your dad didn't believe in me. But you know what? I don't think your dad understands all the stuff I do. I do lots of stuff. I like do all other the stuff. stuff. Like the other stuff that I do that I will not name. Right. But I, was it, like, I do stuff. You had a chance to make her dad understand if that's what you wanted to do. And you kind of blew it. Um, but he's like, you know, it doesn't change how I feel about you. The problem is it might change how she feels about him. Right. right? Like he should be concerned about that. Like I was offended sort of on Jed's behalf that um, – but mostly on Hannah's behalf that her dad was acting like that. But Same. I also think that it's a little presumptuous of Jed to take this solely as a personal attack. I agree. And evaluate how offended he is by it and not to, you know, make more of an effort. Um, and so we cut to the night date. They're still really down. Hannah's feeling conflicted. Jed actually apologizes in advance for how the night's going to go. Because he's so anxious. And she says she feels the same way. Uh, but she brings up how her dad was skeptical of how stable his career would be. And she says, you know, I'm also a dreamer. I have passion. Someone's going to have to sacrifice at certain points for the other person. She's right. And it's, it's good that she's that thought about Jed that. Jed apparently has not thought a lot about. But Hannah no, certainly has. I think has. Hannah is, ha has been quite a bit more thoughtful about her relationships than a lot of these men have. Yeah. Uh, and and also, clearly, Jed didn't have a great game plan because he literally had another relationship that he just declined to end. Right. <laughs> and then 
panicked and just like basically ghosted the other one. Right. So this is not a man with a plan. No, he certainly <laughs> is not. Um, and he says, you know, no matter what, I'm going to step up to the plate and take care of you. And I'm like, Judd, too little, too late. I don't really feel like you have centered Hannah at all during your conversations about the future in this episode or in the past. Like, it's all been Hannah saying, like, I'm going to support Judd's career. Like, I've thought about what that would look like and I'm ready to do it. And Jed is just, like, leaving it until the last minute to be like, of course I want to also support you. <laughs> For sure. Oh, Jed. Um, and she also is like, I feel like the process is exaggerating your feelings. Which like, is, is that just the process that's talking? Really interesting observation. Right. And it seems really, really insightful given what how he treated his last girlfriend who we met outside of the process. Um, And he says, no, no matter where I met you, I would have loved you. I would have felt the same way. Lies. All lies. Yeah, all lies. Um, and then and we cut back end. to the studio. Yeah. And Hannah... I'm kind of into this, like, Hannah talking directly to the camera thing. Like, she's like, America, yeah. I have a message she for you. She has a lot of Again, messages for America. I'm into it. Uh, she's, like, found her voice, and she's like, I will use it now. Yeah. Um, and she basically addresses that there have been, you know, quote-unquote rumors, but really all of these, this news about specifically Jed, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically says the last few months while this has been airing have been really, really hard, really emotional. And I don't even know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, but I have a lot of questions. And so we're going to get those answered. Um, And so I think this is interesting. Like this first just makes me think that like Jed is the one Mm -hmm. and that she has a lot of questions for him. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not if Jed is the one whether or not they're even together anymore at this no, point. No, I don't think so. I Yeah, I would assume no. But I, I could see either. I could see her deciding that maybe she'll give him another chance yeah. I, if he actually has good answers. I, I really just think it would be kind of awesome if Hannah, like, ended this season being like, I found myself. I found my mojo. I'm going to go fucking live yeah. my passions. I think she's going to end up alone. But I think she has show. really. I, I don't think I've ever seen a bachelorette grow up on camera like this. It's it almost cool. feels scripted how how sharp the difference has been. Her arc it has is been kind of wild. so notable. And I think that it's, to me, there are a lot of signs that she is alone. The way that she acted with Peter was really flirty. Like, the way that she brought up how many times they had sex and they were, like, giggling, right. it touching each other. It didn't other. feel like she was trying really hard. Like, often we sense a coldness between the lead and their Pretty runners much always. Because they're trying to protect this other relationship. And there she was none seems of that very open. And, you know, I... I would that that is the ending I would love for Hannah. I want to see her. I think we're gonna get. I it. hope so. Oh, um, man. And I mean, it's and I want her to be happy. I just think, yeah, I think I, she can find a better fit for her. I totally do. I think it's kind of a bummer. I think that she's going to not just not probably marry Jed, but that she's going to be alone throughout this post show process, which, which I think is, is a lot, a and, lot. And that, and Rachel brought that up to us, and I think that that is a really good point like this is a tough right. time for a lead she's not going to have that ally but we have seen a lot of the guys from the season be very supportive of her um on social media so i hope that she at least took away some some supportive bonds that will buoy her um in facing 
the the wrath of the evangelical. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like we have an eventful finale um, in Greece, not just in the studio. Like we see her in a car in her gown saying, you know, I can't do this. Stop the car. I need to get out. And then sort of falling down on the road, which is just the most me thing for Hannah to do in that moment. I was like, oh, I thought I was the only person who fell off her heels onto the ground and embarrassed herself on TV. But we're going to see Hannah do that. Um, Then we see clips of her pre-taped sort of in more casual clothes, seeming to be having a very heated conversation with someone, probably Jed. Um, So my guess was that she she picks Jed but then at some point has a conversation with him during like a happy couple weekend. Right. That's, like that's, a how it, that's how it read to me. And especially now that they've done that a few times, mm-hmm. like where we've seen this like post post proposal footage. Um, right. I think I think that that's what we're going to get. Tonight. Right. But then what is the craziness that happens the day of the proposal? I don't know. Maybe she just really freaks out and has like a crisis of her over her decision I yeah we'll see it also could be less dramatic than they're kind of playing it right. or maybe she just decides to pick no one and then goes back to Jed and is like let's give it a try and then they have the breakup live on air I don't know what's gonna happen I'm excited though yeah um, I think the- I just talked myself even more into this season during this recap even though yeah. I would, last night well, was boring, what's I am excited. about last night is that it's clear that there's so much interesting stuff coming, and they gave us zero of the interesting stuff. I'm ready. Stuff. I'm, I'm freaking ready. I'm ready for the good stuff. Yeah. Um, it's also crazy how much clearly everyone has just come to be like, it's going to be Jed, and they probably broke up, <laughs> and we're all still desperate to see what happens. It's this like is they're a- fully given. They're just like, you all know... Like, Chris Harrison was basically acknowledging it on yeah. air. They, they're just like, you all know everything. Like, I think that's kind of a liberating thing for the franchise, it's though. It's good that they figured out ways to still make it exciting. To right. Like, maybe unfolds. like the tension doesn't have to only exist in who is chosen. And it's actually the other stuff that makes the process much more interesting and much more the kind journey. of true to life. Yeah, the journey. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I'm into it. And I know that, like... It, I had a little bit of a hard time getting into this season at the beginning because it felt, you know, Hannah clearly wasn't very comfortable. There was just a very few specific things being said. But now that we've been in the meat of it, like, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, same. It's so, been a dramatic season for sure. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow uh, to talk about all of the actual exciting stuff yeah. that's about to go down. But first, feminism fails. We do have some pretty striking feminism fails this episode. As we as we discussed, Chris Harrison, uh, <sighs> Chris. after Hannah reveals that she and Pilot Pete had sex four times in the windmill, uh, Chris both says, you know, don't say that basically in front of Pete's mom, and then says Pete's dad must be so proud. Um, again, Chris often says these things that are meant to be jovial, just like playing up the the humor of the moment. But this was just reeked of gender essentialism it was and bad. some really weird attitudes about the roles of mothers and fathers in their son's sex life. Uh, so I'm going to give that a four. A four? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. 
and then as we've <laughs> discussed a lot, Hannah's dad's, you know, framing of his concerns about Jed really centered on this patriarchal idea that it's the man's job to be the financial provider and also to lead the family and the household. Um, as we've discussed, this is puts a really problematic pressure on the man and also kind of devalues the contributions that a woman can make to her family. And so I'm going to give that one a four as well. I think that, you know, that was it's a tough one. I know a lot of people were on board with his questions and it's true. Like Jed Mm -hmm. seems to perhaps not be the right fit for Hannah. He might not bring a lot of stability to the partnership. And I believe that Hannah's dad is a good father who loves his daughter who really wants the best for her Uh, and this is more of a fail on account of kind of the the larger cultural messages that that framing sends not necessarily even like the exact line of questioning itself exactly and that's it for here to make friends thanks to our producers nick offenberg and sarah patterson please subscribe to here to make friends wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a moment of Well, Hannah's finale recap and also Bachelor in Paradise coming up soon. And give us a five-star rating and review. It helps other people find our show. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back tomorrow for the final, final episode of Hannah's Journey. And... Do you need more Here to Make Friends? I mean, obviously you do. (laughs) You should check out our video series at youtube.com slash HuffPost. It's a little different from the podcast. Every week we highlight standout moments from each episode and award superlatives. Again, you can find us at youtube.com slash HuffPost or at HuffPost.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.